Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Thursday, the 18th of November. New South Wales detectives investigating the disappearance of William Tyrrell are honing in on one suspect as they continue their search for the boy's remains on the state's mid-north coast. There are reports the evidence gathered so far is not enough to refer to the Director of Public Prosecutions. It comes as the New South Wales Deputy Police Commissioner Mal Lanyon says they are determined to solve one of Australia's most mysterious cases. The investigation is part of the dogged determination of investigators and we'll leave no stone unturned to do that. As it's an ongoing investigation and as things unfold daily it'd be inappropriate for me to talk too much about that. The countdown is on for the further easing of COVID restrictions in Victoria as the state tracks towards the 90% double dose target. A number of key restrictions are set to be scrapped in the coming days. Epidemiologist Professor Mary Louise McClaws has told Channel 7 there are some concerns. At 90% of the 12 years and over, it really only equates to about 77% in the total community. Uh, Not having a mask on increases the chances of being exposed if you're unvaccinated. Meantime, Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews has revealed his family has been the target of threats over the controversial pandemic powers, but he is refusing to let them intimidate him. They are essentially uh, attacking the safety of my family. Be really clear and hear this message. Uh, I will not be deterred from the work I'm doing to keep every family safe. Debate on the government's pandemic bill will be back in the upper house today. Meantime, the New South Wales Premier has paused a plan to extend emergency COVID-19 powers after backlash over the controversial move. The New South Wales government is planning to keep COVID laws like gathering limits and mask wearing until March 2023. But Premier Dominic Perrottet has confirmed he has delayed the proposal until next year. It's obviously an evolving situation with the pandemic. We need to make sure that we don't have a heavy-handed government. There will no doubt be provisions um, that need to be extended, but it's working through what's necessary, what's not. The COVID outbreak in the Northern Territory continues to worsen as the cluster increases to 19, including a three-week-old baby girl. Epidemiologist Professor Catherine Bennett says the biggest concern is where the virus originally came from. We know that these cases are related to each other. We know we've got household contacts. That's always the highest risk setting for, for transmission. But we also don't know the source of this outbreak yet. So... That's a bit more concerning, not knowing whether there might be other cases in the community. And farmers have lost hundreds of thousands of dollars as floods hit Forbes in the central west of New South Wales. The State Emergency Service has given the all clear now for evacuated residents to return home, but authorities are still on standby with more heavy rain expected this weekend. Forbes Mayor Phyllis Miller has told the ABC farmers bore the brunt of the flood damage. They've been they've been hit terribly. Our farming communities and their beautiful bumper crops, they're really, really getting washed off the map as we speak. It's so sad. 
Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground to Queensland and the state government has enlisted the help of a number of Queensland's biggest sporting stars in a bid to boost vaccination rates. As our reporter Amy Drew explains from Brisbane, it comes as more than 100 schools take part in a new weekend vaccination blitz. Yeah, Tash, well, locals are being given that extra incentive to get the jab by scoring a free meet and greet with NRL, rugby, A-League, netball and swimming stars. More than 25,000 people rolled up their sleeves the last two times Queensland held a super school weekend, so they're hoping for a big turnout again. The Sunshine State's vaccination tally currently sits at 82.8% for first dose and 71.1% fully vaccinated. It means Queensland needs less than 10% more to finally trigger a full border reopening, hopefully in time for Christmas. And New South Wales and disgraced former federal MP Craig Thompson has been arrested over an alleged multi-million dollar migration fund. He was taken into custody on the Central Coast yesterday after a long-running investigation into a scheme allegedly designed to defraud legitimate visa programs. Our reporter Caitlin Unger has the details from Gosford. That's right, Tash. The disgraced former member for Dobell is facing up to 20 years behind bars for his alleged involvement in a fake visa visa scheme. Craig Thompson was picked up at his home in Wombrel on the Central Coast yesterday following a two-year investigation. He's accused of helping process over a hundred fraudulent applications and making over two million dollars in the process. Thompson was suspended by the Labor Party and moved to the crossbench back in 2012 before he was formally expelled two years later. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Peter Switzer from the switzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. Wages are starting to increase for some, and this is an important first step before the Reserve Bank thinks about increasing interest rates. That's right. And white-collar workers, lawyers, accountants and consultants were the most rewarded seeing a 3.4% rise, while construction and hospitality employees received 2.6% and 2.5% pay hikes respectively. But the overall wage rise was only 2.2% for the year, and that was not over the top, which is good news for those worrying about interest rate rises, though the Aussie dollar did fall to 72.63 US cents on the news. And Peter, fitness bike sensation of the coronavirus lockdown peloton is being given a serious workout by the stock market. That's right, and Apple could be the buyer. Year-to-date, Peloton's share price is down 69%, with safety recalls, ballooning costs, and weaker demand for luxury at-home fitness equipment with less lockdowns hitting its share price. More than $41 billion has been wiped off the company's value, and experts think Apple could soon make a takeover offer. And talking about share price uh, movements, Australia's biggest bank, the CBA, saw its share price tank 8% yesterday. So is this bad news for the economy moving forward? Funnily not, no, but it's bad news for all the banks with record low interest rates squeezing profit margins on loans as the competition between banks and all of the new online fintech lenders has become fierce. It's actually good for the economy as it means borrowing to spend is cheaper than normal, but it's also hitting bank profits. I think their profits are okay. Thanks so much, Peter. Yeah, we can sleep with that. (laughs) 
Sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett. Tim Zhu lacked a knockout ending, but he still recorded a convincing win in Sydney last night. Good morning, Tash. He came up against the Japanese brick wall in Takashi Inouye Kudos Bank Arena. He got the job done. It was a unanimous points decision. Certainly found it hard to uh, end the night of his Japanese challenger, though. His unbeaten record now extends to 20, and he's told main event. Next up, he wants a showdown with light middleweight champion Brian Castano for the WBO world title. Look, I'm ready to go to the States. So I told the boys, I'm, I'm ready, you know, I'll be, I'll be back in the gym. When no, do you no, think that know. fight could possibly happen? February, March, hopefully. If- so he's uh, more than ready, he feels, for that shot at a world title. Let's hope it comes early next year. Absolutely, and selectors have named their 15-man Ashes squad and there's plenty of intrigue surrounding the batting lineup for the first test. Yes, and Chairman of Selectors George Bailey is remaining coy on that batting lineup for the first test at the Gabba, which gets underway December 8. Usman Khawaja and Travis Head are both in that 15-man squad. They will face off in the Sheffield Shield next week. Bailey won't reveal which way he's leaning with selection. He threw it back on the media. I want, I want to see. I want to see where you guys lean. Yeah, have a crack at it. It'll make the, it'll make the Shield game much more exciting next week. Now Khawaja insists he has a good relationship with Aussie coach Justin Langer. A documentary released last year showed some heated discussions between the pair. He set the record straight yesterday. So I always find it weird when people are like, oh yeah, you know, is he this and that and JL hates him because it's probably furthest from the truth because I, I still talk to him, I still text message him. We get along fine. And it's now unlikely we'll see Will Pekofsky this Ashes series due to his uh, battle with concussion and a lack of cricket in the lead up to the Ashes. And Brett, love this story. A couple of Gold Coast surfing legends have put aside their rivalry to accept a big honour. Yeah, Joel Parkinson and Mick Fanning have been inducted into Gold Coast's Sporting Hall of Fame. They, of course, both won world titles over their decorated careers. Parko actually accepted the honour on Mick's behalf as he's still in the United States and he reflected on their rivalry. You have that, uh, I guess, just that dogfight of a competition and each week you want to be better than you were the week before. So it's, it's nice to go back and remember that. I couldn't definitely couldn't go back and do it. And unfortunately, you won't see Roger Federer at the Aussie Open next year. It was looking unlikely anyway. He's now officially pulled out. Of course, he's won uh, the Aussie Open six times. He's now 40 years of age and told uh, Swiss media he doesn't have time to recover from his latest bout of knee surgery. So that's a real shame, Tash. Yeah, but 40's very young. It is. Still got more time left. Yeah, indeed. Thanks, Brett. (laughs) Thanks, Tash. And a man in the UK is about to embark on a 14,000-kilometre journey in the world's smallest car, all in the name of charity. Alex Orchin from East Sussex is planning to drive right across Great Britain in just 21 days in a car that's only 120 centimetres high and 137 centimetres long. The car also has a top speed of just 56 k's an hour. The trip will raise money for the BBC Children in Need charity fundraiser. Good luck, Alex. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.